Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Welcome to Slam Fire Radio, episode 353 for May 7th, 2020. I am one of your hosts, Trevor. I'm another one of your hosts, Kelly. And I'm another one of your hosts, Adriel. I'm another one of your hosts. David doesn't have the show notes open yet. Sweet. That's okay. You're right on time. Yeah, you did it perfectly. Um, yeah, so. All right, let's get into what we did this week in guns, which is brought to you by the Calgary Shooting Center, Canada's premier firearms retailer. This week, they're pimping the CSC Ruger 1022 with a 9-inch barrel. This thing is redonkulous. What? Yeah, man. It's crazy. So, our, in, our in-house Calgary Shooting Center gunsmith has assembled a Ruger 1022 takedown Magpul black backpacker rifle with adaptive tactical tack hammer 9-inch barrel rail combo. The rail is as long as the barrel. This thing is... <laughs> Amazing. So it's takedown. It's Magpul takedown. It's assembled at the Calgary Shooting Center. It's the only place where you can get it. They're building it in house, nine inch barrel. Hey, Tre- Trevor, let me share the screen for a second. I want to. I want to show people what this thing looks yeah, like because it's. Absolutely. Uh, it, you really need to see it to it's appreciate space, it. It's space. It's like how small it is. <laughs> this is uh, This is right off of Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. It's tiny. How, how light would that be? Oh, man. If I get Love this, it. someone needs to invent Cylons for me to shoot. Otherwise, <laughs> it's all for naught. So, yeah. Yeah, head over to the Calgary Shooting Center. Check that out. There's also um, a link to it on the um, uh, Gun Very Owners cool. of Canada's uh, Calgary Shooting Center section. So, oh. yep. Um, and what are we talking price-wise? thousand bucks. thousand bucks. thousand bucks, you get a custom-made backpacker in-house at the Calgary Shooting Center. So. <laughs> look at how the barrel looks when you put it in the stock <laughs> the normal one the barrel like sticks way out this thing is just like boop. <laughs> that's the that's sound right. it makes yeah boop yeah boop boop, yeah. boop. boop. i hmm. yeah i said it yeah All yeah right. <laughs> then it must be true mm-hmm. mm. all right so uh let's get into what we did then and um i'm going to get us started because i'm a few weeks late the last time I wanted to talk about this rifle, it wasn't banned or prohibited. Here's the AR-15 I built, everyone, that's now on house arrest. <laughs> so I built it off of my STI lower, and uh, it has a JP Industries trigger. It has um, a bad lever. Like a nice trigger? Yeah, nice yeah. JP. It's a JP single-stage match-grade oh. trigger. It actually mm-hmm. came with a rifle when it was an STI uh, AR. Yep. Um, this went through a it was. It started off factory bone stock STI AR. Um, sold the barrel to McClatchy, and I put on a Stag 3G 18 inch barrel and and Samson mm-hmm. handguard. And then I had the SLR in 223 and the Modern Sporter in 223. 
all kind of set up for three gun. And then I was like, all right, well, I, I'll need this AR and the air is restricted. So I'll just take my non-restricteds to matches. So I said, I'll turn this back into like, you know, a, like a, a duty style AR, something for like, you know, a red dot and, uh, something I would take to a course or uh, service conditions, you know, that style of shooting. Right. Um, it has a flash hider. It doesn't have a, uh, a muzzle brake. I know that upsets you, Adriel, but, and I just put this crossfire, uh, two red dot on it. Like the second the show started, I was tightening the screw when we went live. Oh, yeah, that's so came, sad. Yeah. It came in today. I brought it home from DC armory. It has something <sighs> on here that I've not seen before on other crossfires. It goes from zero to N1, N2, and then it goes three, four. What's this N1, N2? Is this like a night, night vision, vision thing? Yeah, it's for no night way. vision. They're, well, isn't that fancy? Yeah, you need to get very, very useless. Uh, unless very you put useless. A, uh, a night vision on there. My Spark has those. So sometimes uh, you turn it on, you're like, why? I can't see anything. It's not on. But it is on. It's just on night vision settings. And if it was totally dark, you could see it. Interesting. So I also took that to the range before the ban. Uh, I took a drive down. Yeah, screw your social distancing and all that bullshit quarantine stuff that no one around here is following anyway. We were zero cases. You guys cases. don't have cases. Who cares? Yeah, we got two. I thought our borders were closed. Two assholes went to Alberta and came home with COVID. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, they did the right thing. They immediately uh, went in self-isolation, didn't go near anybody. They got symptoms. They got tested. So it's not going to spread. Like, I mean, they left the province for work. You know, people got to work, whatever the circumstances. I don't know, but they handled it correctly when they got home. So that's cool. But, so yeah. question, have they tested anyone else in the province? Is it just they haven't tested anyone and that's why you have no cases? Yeah, you know how North Korea announces a case at 9.15 and at 9.30 they announce there's no more cases? <laughs> <laughs> I just throw them in the ocean. <laughs> anyway, um, what else did I do? Oh, when I was down at um, Filthy's Range, I took my 22-250 because when we first went into lockdown, I went on a reloading marathon. God, that seems like so long ago. Has it been six weeks? Anyway, I don't know. We haven't done a COVID cast in a while either. Um, so I took my 22250. I had a bunch of rounds to test, and I found the most accurate one in that uh, you can benchmark powder shot an inch, maybe a little bit better with a uh, spear 52 grain bullet, and then shot all the other test loads just for the purpose of fire forming brass. So I think I brought home like I don't know, 100 pieces of fire form 22250 brass. So I got to get that um, loaded up for that gun. Um, and I'm back to work at the gunsmith because screw quarantine. Call the Gestapo. I don't care. If you do, you're the same kind of person that would have ratted out Anne Frank. So actually, it's all legit because we're allowed to trade off in New Brunswick now. They've eased up some of the quarantine restrictions. You're allowed to like... I'll go to Adriel's house. Adriel's allowed to come to my house. I mean, I'm sure it's being abused because it's not like you're registering the family that you're trading off with. But anyway, you're allowed to go to one person's house and they're allowed to go to your house. So the house I'm allowed to go to is Denise. So I go work at the gunsmith again. I've been there a couple of days this week and I'm going back tomorrow. Uh, other Trevor's guns are being refinished after the house fire. So there's some Cerakote going on, assembly and disassembly. And uh, I bought a 12 gauge because uh, they're not banned. Um, you can try and twist the interpretation to plead your case and be, you know, upset all you want. But, you know, 
it is what it is. They're not banned. And uh, I don't care how, how good you are using calipers. They're not coming for your deck gun. Calm, calm down. So you know why uh, people are trying to make that case? I do know why. They want to piss off the duck hunters. They want to get the fuds riled up and get them into the fight. And there's nothing wrong with that. But stop the rhetoric and the lies. Stop trying well, to make... What's, make, what's make, the legally defined find, definition of... A, I'm, not having, this, I'm not having this argument with you guys. <laughs> not, yeah, I, I know um, You know, legal opinions from Burlu are not law. Tweets mm-hmm. from that asshole are not law. Mm-hmm. I get all that. I know, uh, you know, and it's not about the intent and this stuff. I don't give a shit. They're not coming for your duck gun. Not yet, anyway. Nah, so not celebrate. Not yet, yet. Anyway. I bought them. Well, I bought a Mossberg uh, five ninety. I thought it was a five hundred. We yes. we showcased it on the show. I don't know when exactly. It's called uh, retro grade. I compared it to the classic vintage eight seventy Wingmaster police clone that I built. You know, it looks like that old school police shotgun. Mm-hmm. Well, this is like the Mossberg version of that, but it's built on the five ninety. So uh, cool. that should be here early next week. Yeah. Uh, I'll be sure to take it out in the woods and do some shooting with it and post it on social media so that I can listen to gun owners complain some more. Because, man, <laughs> they like to do that a lot. So, um, more on that later during Adriel's um, gun ban, gun myth busting segment. Rantothon. So, yeah, Rantothon about myths mm-hmm. and stuff. Anyway, Adriel, take it away. What have you been up to? I went shooting. I went and shot my M1 Grand because I made a whole bunch of reloads, according to, I think Tim uh, posted a, a recipe, and I'd seen that one as well, and I was like, yeah, I'll make some of those. Made them, shot great, just ate it up, and uh, shot some steel out at uh, right around uh, two or 300 yards. So that was good. Uh, what else did I do? Shot the WK and some cross mags. Uh, that was fun too. I just, I just wanted to test out those. They worked fine. Didn't no failures or anything like that. Not that there would be. I mean, it's a it's a pretty easy thing to do. Uh, and then I shot some gophers. So all uh, all good fun and uh, yeah, good little outing. And then I got sick to my stomach, and I was like, "Oh man, I got the coronavirus." Because like that's one of the symptoms is like being sick to your stomach. But uh, plus having a twelve gauge, I hear that gives you coronavirus as well. If the five G doesn't, the twelve gauge will. It's so, corona yeah. beer, moron. Yeah, corona Morning beer gives you coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> Only if you're American. <laughs> oh man, it's actually a thing. Okay. Uh, their uh, their sales went down. Yep. So. Um, yeah, but did their sales go down because people are actually concerned they get the coronavirus? Like my friends go, Americans are stupid. Or was it people that want to be at a bar going, yeah, give me a corona, man. I mean, I would. It was before but everything was shut no, down. No, legit. People stopped drinking corona because of, uh, you know, because people are dumb. Just the name. Mm-hmm. The same ones that were going to inject themselves with Lysol because the president said to. Or <laughs> I think that's cleaner. just good, good policy. It is great policy. Yeah, I think so too. More people should do that. As a matter, everybody should do that, and I'll Every, just go around and collect all the guns afterwards and have fun. Not just uh, that's that's a cure for unemployment right there. You know, <laughs> this yeah. is why Trevor is not allowed in the, uh, to work for the government. 
but Trump is. Apparently, I'm overeducated for the government. We're not going <laughs> to talk about that. Yeah. Your um, unemployment office is just a deep basement with a drain in the floor. So, <laughs> Dave, did I tell you about my stupid my stupid sign theory? No. What is your stupid sign it's theory? Not, it's not theory, actually. It's a program. And it's actually not mine. It's my buddy Paul's. Paul said that if we could conduct interviews and then give people who are stupid a sign that says, I'm stupid, global productivity would go through the roof because you would never entrust these people with anything. You'd be like out in public or you'd be working and you'd be like, excuse me, could I get you to, oh, no, sorry. I didn't see your sign. Sorry. No, you carry on. No, no, it's, it's fine. <laughs> Back to drooling on yourself. You're fine. Right? If all the stupid people could identify themselves as stupid with a sign that says stupid, you know, this think of how much there's, there's signs. Right? There's, signs. there's also t-shirts that yeah. says I'm with stupid. Yeah, yeah I know. They're all, not I mean, just, mandatory, just Kelly. Ask him about, uh, about the chemtrails. Ask him about uh, uh, 5G. And if That's they go it. on a rant, you've, you've got your t-shirt. It takes time, though. You have to engage this person in conversation. If they're just wearing the sign, you don't I have even... a headache. I like that. I uh, like the conversation. You I could love, probably I love pass an OI. You could pass an OIC and just make it mandatory. Why not? Ah, now you're talking. That's how you do these things. No, you're not even taking people's stuff. You're giving them stuff. I like it. <laughs> mandatory vaccines. How dare you? Do I it. have the right to say no. <laughs> Please see Apparently Trevor's you basement. don't. That's so, true, Kelly. Wait, yeah. hold on. What? When there's a vaccine for this, it's going to be mandatory? No, they're no. talking about it. No. Oh, we'll make it no, mandatory. they're not. No, we'll just pass. They'll just pass an OIC. All right. All right. Back to guns. Dave. We're going to run. Thanks. Save us from ourselves. So you are. I'm not saving. I'm saving. No. You. I'm going <laughs> to dig down. Dig up, stupid. It's not my job, bitch. Nice air. Uh, thank you. Adriel, how gotta, you doing? Oh, look at I've that handguard. Uh, I know. Isn't that pretty? That's a Maple Ridge armor. Those are gorgeous. Yeah. So, I, had, yeah. I had one like that. It's so nice, and the gun is so freaking light, and it's got an IBI 18-inch uh, stainless steel on it that Jeez. I got when uh, when uh, Ryan was having a sale just before Christmas. I picked that up. I can't, so wait, I finished to this. I can't wait to shoot it. Ah, wouldn't that be nice if only we lived in a country where you could actually shoot the goddamn things now? All in so, good time. I know. Give it time. I, I will wait. I will wait for it. But uh, yeah, beautiful gun. I uh, I did build it on an NEA. So other than that, but this is an NEA lower and upper that actually seemed to work. Well, I don't know That's if the upper bad. works. It should. It's Neat. an upper. Yeah. The lower works fine after NEA fixed it for me finally. Um, and then I threw a hangar on it that's worth more than the rest of the gun, probably. Yeah, Whee! true story. Because I'm a dick like that. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like super, super sweet. I mean, the gun's so light, and the uh, this forearm, this foregrip, awesome. I love oh, yeah. it. This that's is like v- my uh-huh. favorite thing ever. V1, the V1. or whatever. The yeah. 17 inch it's is so actually tight. longer than their previous 15 inch. Well, they had them on, I went into their store in Barrie, which oh, is a lovely no place. So if you guys are anywhere near Barrie or anywhere in Southern Ontario, get your ass in your car. And once you can drive your ass up there and go as the guys at the store or buy their stuff online because they make their stuff here. And it's just, it's so nice. So they had a scratch and dent sale. I wanted a, uh, I wanted a, I wanted one of their, one of their handguards. They had a scratch and dent sale. So it was a hundred bucks off because 
it's missing a little bit of the blooming or the anodizing oh. right along here. Which head's going to get scratched up when I throw it into a barrel or huck it over a pile of rocks or exactly. you know, drop it to yep. a rundown or something. Yep. So this was going to be my precision rifle for this year because I shoot precision rifle sniper matches for the ORA mm -hmm. and I shoot them with an AR-15 and myself and Brian Bolivar are actually the national champions with uh, in the designated marksman class in in uh, precision rifle because we're the only ones who shoot precision rifle with AR-15s and we Fantastic. have no pride so yeah, so this is going to be my precision. I'll take what I can get, man. I'm not a very good shooter, so this is a uh, this was going to be my precision rifle for this year, which is why it's the 18 inch stainless barrel, and now it is going to be sitting in my safe with me taking it out occasionally and doing this with it and stuff. So, it's beautiful. Uh, and if it. anybody from the RCMP is listening, I sold this upper. This is actually just a photo of it. I sold it on April 30th. <laughs> oh, I promise you, they're listening. Oh, I guarantee they're listening, yeah. So yeah. that upper is actually sold, so don't worry about it. Ignore everything I said. I uh, What else did I do? Like everyone else, I dealt with dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of texts and emails and phone calls yeah. and all sorts of stuff. With I hope you dealt deal with them better with than I did. Yeah, I, I still care. I mean, I'm, I'm exhausted, and I really – I. I was having a chat with a friend today about because I joined the Conservative Party last night, which hurts me deeply because I, I don't really particularly like the Conservatives and I don't like the Liberals. I'm like Adriel. I don't like anybody. You don't like anybody. I'm, no, I don't like anybody. I don't trust politicians. They're all scum. Yep. Um, but the only ones who aren't actively working against us right now right. is the Conservatives. That's yep. it. Mm -hmm. So the Liberals have driven me into buying a Conservative membership. So thanks a lot, jerks. Hate you guys. Um, so that's right now are thanking the liberals, by the way. Mm. Yeah, mm -hmm. I would think so. Mm. So right. I dealt with that and uh, got a crap ton of people sent out the uh, sent out the um, the uh, petition. And if you haven't signed it, go find the petition. Go sign it. I can't remember the number right now. Yeah, because sure. all the other ones we signed to work so well. Well, do this or do nothing, right? So at least we're showing <laughs> them that to yeah. do the same thing. What have it's, we? What have we? It's fine. I, like, it, there's not a lot there. So, legal action, non-compliance, uh, petitions. The petitions at least yeah. say that the government is doing something that a lot of people disagree with. Because exactly. I think most yeah. people don't know. I get that, it. Like, nobody cares. The government does what they want anyway. The government and the does what they don't want. Own, and the people when, who don't own guns don't give a shit about us. Well, when you when you're arguing with someone, you can say, "Yeah, the liberal government ignored." two of the most signed petitions against this action. Yep. Right. And they At go, really? No that's one. interesting. It's two. <laughs> and they go back to ordering <laughs> I didn't know that there were that many people yep. who liked AR-15s in Canada. Yeah, there's a, there's a ton of us. There are a ton of people yep. who enjoy exactly. and using you know their AR-15s. This time around, a lot of my friends who don't care about AR-15s and would be perfectly happy to see them all gone, they're signing it because ordering counsel. And yep. they are pissed. That the government that effectively has a majority because the NDP is on their side anyway mm -hmm. went eh, democracy yeah. is inconvenient and we're not big on that so we're just going to ram this through in an undemocratic manner that's meant you know change. This is the same like that. government that had a liberal majority and could have rammed it through the last election and they had to wait until this time they really care about people of Canada. Yeah, right. Whatever. It was during Anyways. a pandemic after I'm, a mass shooting. Greasy as greasy as greasy can be. 
Oh, yeah, terrible. And then stand up there and go, oh, that's just a coincidence. I'm like, that's just a coincidence. Like it's a coincidence that it rains once there's clouds in the sky. Exactly. Wow. Amazing. I have, I have, I have no words to express how, uh, how much I dislike people that do crap like that. Anyway. Um, yeah. Want to hear some of the words I have? No. no, I think no, that no, Adriel should, much should have put a. a uh, I didn't mute the our, our last show. <laughs> there was too many. I'm like, nope, throw it in the towel. Posting it as is. And uh, we had we had some people. We had some feedback from those that have been were listening to the post OIC um, microcast. It was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have been listening with my kids. No kidding. <laughs> Now they heard those words eventually. That. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, right now we're in great school. We we we're not that show. We're the show that you can listen no. to with your kids in the room. You know, yeah. so I know I well, went, I went except overboard. that one. Yeah, well, this one except that one. Yeah. They might want to not want to have the kids in the room at this one either. But yeah. Anyways. Oh no, we said fuck yet. <laughs> no, no, no one, no one's like. How do you say that. that and not expect me to do that? It's like you bait me into it. Like you know that's going to happen, right? Like you do realize it. You're not making work 100%. for Kelly. You're making work for me. Sorry, You're man. Fine words. Get mad at her. She did it. Oh no! Kelly, I'm everyone who's Kelly, do, I'm responding to people who are saying we're not doing enough. Why? Anyways, make, why'd you make Trevor swear? Thank you. Oh, I make He's not responsible for his own actions. You are. Right? I That's know. Right. I've lost the show. Keeper. I'm supposed to control all of you. I just well, attempt. attempt. You can't even control yourself. Very Stop difficult. It. Uh, everyone okay wrong. with Adriel doing extra work? Please raise your hand. No. No. And you don't have I'm to raise okay. your hand to make me do work. You just have to utter one word. All right. Oh, We're not going to utter only the anymore. one word, or should we go through the seven words you can't say on a podcast? Oh, that's funny, one. Dave. It's only one. Anyways. Just the one. All right. Anyways. Anyway, um, yeah, I had discussions with various groups about what we're going to do about this and um, had discussions about how our various events can continue and what we're going to do about that. And yay, all that sort of good fun stuff. And that's about it. Kelly, what you up to? Uh, so didn't build any ARs. Had a couple Ooh. banned. I know. Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> Did you even get to shoot your new AR, Kelly? Absolutely, I did. Okay, did a good. couple of times. Thank you. Um, but what I did do was uh, the postman rings twice, I guess. Anyways, I got stuff in the mail, but I got this. Yeah. It's my. Nice. Just, yeah. So it's my Just Hunts. Um, I missed it. Can I see it again? No. You're going to have to watch later. Okay. Fine. There you go. Anyways. Bear, bear strong? It's bear strong. Yeah. Bears just are hunts. strong. Yeah. Just hunt bears. Yeah, bears will kill you. Yes. So, uh, and so um, Amanda Lynn Mayhew uh, just hunts uh, bear strong. Bear strong, I took some photos. She asked me to take some photos and post them as well. And it's in support of mental health and also um, any of the swag that's sold, like the stuff, just hunts as well. Uh, any of the stuff that's sold is going towards making masks for those that are working on the front lines as well. So. I bought some stuff oh, cool. and uh, took some pictures, bear strong. And how do people yeah, find them? So go to justhunts.com. She has uh, her website and you can click on the link there and buy some stuff. And it also talks about the bear strong as well, how it came about and how it's helping people with mental health and different things like Neat. that. So, awesome. Yeah. Well done. 
So I also got into, I've been Twittering like you wouldn't believe and also Facebook sharing and dropping knowledge bombs and trying to make stuff relatable to people because guess what? It's not just about guns. It's about OIC and everything. I contacted my MP who has basically ignored me. He was on a live stream. I asked some questions on there. He did talk about him, like he read one of my my posts and he did talk about um, how AR-15s are not needed because he asked his father-in-law, who's ancient, about whether it's needed for hunting or not. Anyway, <laughs> so I So I made it a point of saying, well, okay, so my AR-15, which is a 223, which is limited to five rounds, right? Your father-in-law's hunting rifle is a 308 or or whatever, 338, whatever, is a little bit bigger. Um, bullet and it's a little bit more powerful than my 223 and it is also you know uh, limited to five rounds which one is more safe do you think I don't know anyways I anyways um, also I wish they would get off the hunting kick you know there's know. more to guns than hunting. I know that being said if you can shoot a man hunters. with an air if you can shoot a man with an air 15 you, you can shoot a deer with an AR-15. Like the police carry an AR-15, and they're not hunting. Yep. They're shooting bad guys with them. Yep, absolutely. Well, I've got an buddy well, of mine who shoots deer with uh, his WK. Gallon smoked yeah. a bear. Yeah. I've been talking to Gallon too. Oh God, Anyways. Yeah, he called talking. me the other day. He misses me. Oh, he Aww. misses you, and I miss you, and. He I miss him, and I really. Everybody, I, people are getting sappy today. I got two um, pretty um, heartfelt messages from some of my fellow New Brunswick gunnies. You know, yeah. like times are tough. We're gonna get through this. Thanks yeah. for helping. And it's like it's all good, man. Soon nobody's going anywhere. It's all good. Yeah. Nobody, you know. All good. Soon they'll open the borders, and soon, anyways. Oh, keep the goddamn borders closed. Thanks a lot. So we got two more cases. Okay, so the next thing that I did was uh, Kingston has decided that it might like to be the first municipal govern or municipal city that would like to do the handgun ban when it's announced soon. A lot of handgun so, crime there. Absolutely not. Anyways, so uh, my local counselor, who I had a little discussion with after uh, the last June, Kingston decided would like to try and recommend a handgun ban and different things. Um, And I went to the council meeting and talked to my counselor afterwards, and it was so I burned him on on Twitter quite a bit. Anyways, (laughs) you educated him. I educated him, but he, uh, yeah, so basically I've made it a point to make sure that Kingston is not going to be participating in this. Just saying. Excellent. Uh, and well, if, if you want to, if, if I can just talk a little bit more about that, sure. I think like one of the, th- this is something that you've identified as a risk in your city. Um, I think for our listeners in other cities, if they're even a little bit liberal leaning, you yeah. have to talk to your counselors now. Because yep. get involved. But part two of this whole this whole thing that that the liberal was on the liberals gun pl- control platform was they're going to ban assault weapons, assault firearms, whatever that's supposed to mean, and they're going to allow municipalities to ban handguns. Now there there's going to be some like red tape around that that's going to be a pain in the butt for them to figure out. 
But if and when they figure that out, you do not want your city to ban your handguns because what you're going to be stuck doing is selling your handgun on the secondary, losing your property because you have to. They're, 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 they're tracked. You can't hide them anywhere. You're allowed uh, to have a secondary address. Yep. Why well, you can move. Uh, or you can or store them at can... somebody's house outside of the city. That is a legit option for people. That's an, that's an option. Until you uh, leave the communist city that you live in. You know? Or you can Correct. become a counselor yourself. and basically... Or uh, I, I, like the, the, the easiest thing for people to do right now is to reach out to the city counselor. Yes. Make yep. the case. There are, there are uh, three different chief of police associations that have recently uh, talked about how a, ha- a municipal handgun ban will not be effective. You need to use those links. You need to talk to your city councilors, and you need to get them on side. Even in, like, I'm thinking, like, Edmonton's not a safe city. Edmonton, in the in the grand scheme of Alberta, is called Redmonton. And uh, uh, with the wrong city councilors on, we could pass something like this. Yeah. Uh, so even in a safe municipality, you need to reach your city councilors, your county people, whatever's going on, because... Uh, the ramifications of this may be that you will have to move or sell your guns or something else. And right. you're going to be selling into a flooded market. There's going to be a pile of municipalities that ban this and uh, ban handguns. You're going to be selling onto a very uh, uh, depressed market and lose a bunch of money. Yep. Good time to buy guns, though, if you're a municipality. Oh, if you're I am up uh, money because I, yeah, like, some people are going to need to sell their handguns. Yeah. Yep. Anyways, so that was that. Uh, Project Maple Seed, we're not opening up any events, but what we did do is we put up a new challenge target. So it's called Stay Safe because everybody's saying that, but it's COVID uh, virus. You can shoot the shit out of it, basically. So if you're able to go to the range, shoot it. If you're not able to, print it off and do some dry dry fire with it. So I want to get a pellet gun. Yep, or a pellet gun indoors. No, I'm not. Yeah. So we have canceled uh, our May events because of COVID. Stay home. Um, but, yeah, we'll give you an update later on that, too. But that's about it. I, I mean, really... the, the nice thing is that um, provinces have been rapidly reopening stuff. So it could be that, like, a province like New, like New Brunswick really should look at, okay, we're only, like, as long as we watch really carefully, people are coming into the province – Yep, they, they they've got a good handle on this, so I would say that they can start reopening some of these things, and then they may they may start reopening it shortly, right? So Ontario, not so much. We're still limited to five. Population uh, density is still too high, right? Yep. And the other thing, oh well, my city councilor actually is the same one that who says handguns too bad uh, is the one that wants to open up the whole entire city so that people can go and do things. I'm going, you're an idiot. Anyways, <laughs> so <laughs> um. But yeah, Ontario, we're probably going to be a little bit behind people. So it is what it is. Whatever. Oh, and I've I've been to work for the past three days. Cool. Lucky you. Yeah, I know. I'm wearing gloves and little masks and everything. Can't work from home. Fantastic. All right. That's it. All right. Um, Anything in uh, upcoming events someone wants to talk about? I want to talk about the 10th, or sorry, not the 10th annual. We probably should, yeah, anyways. I want to talk about the Ladies' Day event at EOSC, uh, the CCFR Ladies' Range Day that was supposed to be on July 25th. Notice I just said supposed to be. It's been canceled. We came to the decision oh. the past two days. So we're going to be canceling it again because 
we got a plan for this. And if it's canceled, it's canceled. We don't know. So, and right now we figure we're not going to be able to have events with over 50 people because these things usually sell out. And yeah. So, yeah. and so we decided to cancel it. Hmm. Just let you know. All right. That's it. Okay. Um, you guys talked about cherry shoots canceled. Yep. Um, no one has um, requested a withdrawal. If you request a withdrawal, I'll give you a refund. I think I'm going to refund everybody anyway because there wasn't that many people that registered. So it's not like we would be sending the Rod Harkwell Memorial Fund a, a huge lump sum of money. I'll go in, I'll get the numbers, and I'll let everybody know next week where we're going with that, whether we're going to donate what little bit has uh, been raised or just go ahead and refund the whole thing. But some a decision will be made by next Thursday's show. So if you do want your money back, no one's going to fault you for that. No judgments. Go in, request a withdrawal from the event, and I will process your refund. It's literally just got a couple of clicks of a mouse, and the money goes back on your credit card. So, um, yeah, that's it for the uh, – okay, so it's not upcoming events. It's upcoming cancellations, apparently. <laughs> it will really. soon be upcoming events. This thing uh-huh. can't go forever. Soon enough, the events will stop being canceled and they will be, oh, this event is not canceled. It is proceeding as uh, planned and it'll be the first of many, right? We should have our own isolation events by yeah. ourselves. <laughs> we kind of are. Isn't it's that what we're doing fire. right now? Yeah. yeah. Casts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, can I get to news? Yeah, yeah man. All right. Uh, first bit of news. You should go sign e-petition 2574. And, and remember yes, when you do, check your junk folder, your spam folder, because it's now you're not signed until you complete it by clicking the link in the email they send you. But correct. it doesn't come right away, mm. and often it goes to your spam folder. So And they had that. so yeah. many people signing at such a high rate that the system was, the back, it was backlogged for uh, some people set up to 12 hours. So they signed the thing and it took them 12 hours to get them an email that, uh, that it was done. I don't think that they've had a position, a petition gain this many uh, uh, signatures in such a short period of time. Because even the last one that, uh, uh, that we did about firearms, which was also presented today, uh, it, it did not yes, grow right. at, this, at this rate. Sorry, yesterday. Yeah. I mean, it was and it wasn't. I mean, the last one, you would talk about myths. The last petition wasn't about, please don't ban the AR-15. The last petition was, don't use an OIC. If you yeah. want to try and ban it, do it through the democratic process and debate it on the floor of parliament. And even that, you know, it was huge. But, uh, yeah, well, and Mott's got they up looked and at it and thought it was just, uh, oh, look at all these people that want us to use an OIC. We're going to do that. Hmm. No, like what, Mott's, uh, Mott's yeah. got up, talked talked about it, um, started to get into a bit of a spiel with it. Uh, May said, "Hey, for petitions, you just present it, and then you GTFO," hmm. and they cut them off. Wow! <laughs> you can watch it if you want. Yep. Uh, let's talk about some of the other uh, new developments that have uh, that have kind of happened since this since last week. One of them uh, now, if you would have read the uh, the RCMP's uh, page on this, you would have seen something about grandfathering, maybe an option later on. That's been actually pulled down, mm-hmm. um, which is concerning. Uh, I didn't think grandfathering was going to be a thing, anyways. I think they well, had that on the their accident. 
Mm-hmm. No, they said that actually it was supposed to be two options and they put it into the OIC and then they're getting pushback from all kinds of people. Mm. And the reason is yeah. because if they're so that unsafe, right? If they're that unsafe, why are they allowing us to keep them? Yeah. Right? So. Yeah. I kind of wonder if they're going to let the full auto stay and the uh, all the stuff they banned in the 90s or whether they're just going to seize all the prohibs. That would make sense. That's kind of the inconsistency I've come to expect from the government. Mm-hmm. Yep. I wouldn't. I would, I would uh, expect additional inconsistencies. Because <laughs> it's not real security. It's security theater. This is the taking your shoes off before going through the airport. It's not real security. It's just to no. make people yeah. feel safe. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, shotguns may be prohib. Uh, Trevor, you disagree. Oh, you went there. <laughs> <laughs> 100%. Now, you disagree because boar has a legal definition in Canada? No, I don't give a shit about any of those fancy words. They're not coming after your shotguns. It wasn't written with shotguns in mind. We know no, what the intent of it was written for. And it was us that went, hey, wait a second. You actually made it so we can't have our shotguns. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, of course, I don't trust Bill Blair, but... You know, he did come out twice and say, we're not coming for your shotguns. Well, as Adrian Twitter, Twitter is not a, uh, not a right. legal recommendation. No, but it's you're not. right. It wasn't, it was an accident. It's just because they're stupid and it's a stupid law written by stupid people or people acting stupidly anyway. Oh. But it is hilarious because all my duck hunter buddies are like, oh, what's going on? I'm like, you're fine, but they're going to come for him eventually. Everything well, you're, else. You're fine, but it's like, it's, it's also, um, a, like, it's not a gray area, but it's a little bit of a gray area because we've yeah. had like, and, and uh, if, if the government just went with the intent, I think that uh, Blaze 47s wouldn't have been prohib. They're not a variant of an AK-47. No, of course not. It's when they take that, and when they take that, and like, no, this is a, this is an AK-47 that we're dealing with here. Uh, you can see that they take that letter of the law very seriously, even yep. when even misinterpreting it or not misinterpreting it, uh, using it so black and white as to uh, erase the original intent. You know how we keep saying stop talking about things that aren't on the list because you don't want to give them any ideas as if they don't already know what's not on the list. But um, we keep saying, would you stop talking about a five cent rivet is the difference between you and a prohibited device in your magazine. You know, a lot of the antis don't realize that we actually have 30 round mags that are just pinned with a five cent Taiwanese rivet. Stop Mm -hmm. telling things like that. Gun owners are the ones that started to go, oh my God, they're banning my shotgun. I, I, I don't know, man, how I'll feel if they turn around and say, you know what? Screw you. We are banning your shotgun. Well, I would feel Let sleeping dogs lie. fantastic because the liberals would lose horribly at the next election. They would yeah. lose all of their rural ridings. And our temporary pain would be reversed mm-hmm. yep. in, in an election cycle. Yeah, I mean, this could be the long game on the on, on the part of the gun owners because, I mean, when Christina heard that the possibility of shotguns was being banned, she was like, she lost it. She's like, no, 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 no. You can't take shotguns away from Canadians. Enough is enough. And with with her, she she's kind of indifferent to guns. She's tolerated them because of uh, my involvement in the hobby. But uh, she doesn't really give a shit who owns an AR-15 and who doesn't. Mm-hmm. But when you start talking about using an order in council to take people's property, 
it got her hackles up. Yep. So that means it's getting a lot of everyday Canadian. I'm seeing posts yep. come across my Facebook news feed from non-gun owners complaining about this. Yep. It's because of the OIC. And then you go through the comments and it makes you want to vomit because a lot of them are like, too bad, too bad, don't care, don't care. They shouldn't have them anyway. Yep. Why shouldn't I have them? I just don't think you should. Why do you need them? Yeah, oh, that drives me nuts. Anyways, let's let's keep going. <laughs> let's keep going. I mean, one of them the twenty mil the twenty millimeter definition. The like, if you run a the have you have you followed that guy the, the running the, the shotgun load from hell? He's I'm using like it. brass brass hulls to crank mm-hmm. up the power on a twelve gauge uh, round. He's mm-hmm. he's well over ten thousand joules. Mm-hmm. Well over it. Anyways, not not applicable. You know what kind of bums me out? Cannons, like we had these cannon shoots. We lost here. cannons. We lost cannons. Twenty millimeter. How how big is a cannon breach? How big is so that how big is the bore on that thing? Citadel Hill lights the cannons off every day at noon in Halifax. They can't do that anymore. Your cannons are now prohib National Historic Site of Canada. Yeah. Well, I mean, so so when I was talking a little bit, I was talking a little bit about the, about the myths and like the annoying myths to me are people saying like. uh they banned a website. They banned coffee. They banned an airsoft rifle. No, they didn't. Yeah. These things are on the FRT. They're they're banning firearms that are in the FRT as AR-15 variants. This is a the database lookup. Um, but what they did do, what they did ban under this whole guise of like this assault weapons ban is they banned some cannons. They banned some black powder firearms. They banned a semi-automatic 22 that Dave has. Uh, they bolt banned a bolt action 308 and these are all being banned as military grade assault weapons the the truth is is far more interesting than uh, than the myths on this stuff uh, and then the other myth and i think we were, we were talked about it earlier but now that i'm talking about it anyways and i don't have to clip it uh natives aren't allowed to hunt with ar-15s but they can still hunt with a uh, stag 10s and and any of the uh uh firearms that used to be non-restricted that are now prohibited this is something that i just i lose my shit on it because right now you're dividing people right no 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 no. yeah okay finish your thought no no and i don't want i just don't think that then then treaty rights have always divided people then kelly this is a treaty right this is okay you know what it is a treaty right and they were required to actually consider it but it's also we got people calling each other names and everything we're all in this together whether you're status and by the way educate yourself or i can help you educate yourself on this stuff right so understand what it is it's no i don't get to keep my ar right and i'm not going to go hunting with that all right but at the same time we're all in this together if i can keep my ar15 which I can because it was not non-restricted. It's restricted. If, if I had an Air 10, I could go hunting with it. But why am I actually going to be somebody who can keep this? Whereas Trevor, no, no, not Trevor, Adriel can't. Am I more safer than Adriel? Because treaty rights, I, they have the right to hunt. I, and I, if this is the only gun they own, the government can't tell them they're not allowed to use it to hunt. It's Adriel. black and white. Oh, I know that. And I actually okay. have told people that too, but I'm also looking at it from another point of view too, right? Yeah, okay, but the point of view that people think that this is going to divide um, non-Aboriginals it, from Aboriginals, it shouldn't because it shouldn't. It's, it's no different than it was. A lot of people may not be aware, but uh, First Nations people do not require a firearms license it, to own the guns they had on the reservation prior to the change in 95. 
a lot of people don't know that. They're exempt from that. Can they go buy a new gun? No. no. So if they get stopped in the woods during hunting season and they've got a Stop brand new 30 six uh, across their lap and the guy says, let me see your firearms license. They say, I don't yeah. need one. Sorry, pal. That's a brand new gun. That's last year's model. What are you yeah. doing with it? If you got yeah. an old 303 or some other gun that was invented before 1995, good to go. But yep. if a First Nations person is hunting and they've got a modern firearm and no pal, then there's They're a problem. So yeah. and I agree. Don't know this, that. this this yeah. is news to me, and just listening to you like made my eyes glass over with like, oh my, like what the hell? There a is... cop has to know how new a gun is because right. the old guns are fine, but the new ones, oh, you need a pal for that one. <laughs> What's yeah. the difference? What are we even talking about here? Right? I, they're hunting who can't like, yeah. yeah. I agree totally with everything that you said, Trevor, but unfortunately a lot of people aren't educated mm. and, it, and it's causing some issues. That's all. I'm just saying, like I'm trying to educate people. Right. Anyways. Indeed. All right. He's in a bunch. All right, go ahead. <laughs> you guys, you guys ready for some, some like lighthearted uh, stuff a little bit more. Yeah. Lighthearted? Okay. yeah. I'm yeah. Only happy when I'm yeah. mad. Okay. <laughs> Well, uh, uh, be mad about this then. Uh, wait, are you guys seeing the right screen? Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> I love this title. <laughs> you guys what? see Meg Megan doesn't like it? That's yeah. the screen. Okay, good. Megan doesn't like it. Harry sells rifle collection <laughs> to reportedly please Megan. So he, Megan. Uh, he had a bunch of custom hunting rifles. He had to, he had to sell them. <laughs> Brutal. Uh, uh, it makes me laugh. I I, I enjoy this very lo- very much. Uh, <laughs> uh, the other piece here uh, is um, how long has it been since the new Nova Scotia shooting? Two weeks? Three weeks? Three weeks. I feel Three like. Weeks. Yeah. Um, what guns did they use? Who? Were, what happened at the fire station? Oh, they're well, not really getting any information, eh? They're yeah, not they're really the fire station anything. was a friendly fire incident. The cops shooting at cops. Correct. Uh, what exactly happened there? Well, we don't know. We don't really know. We know that it must have been a friendly fire situation, but they aren't saying anything. The CBC got some uh, some insider they're- information that uh, uh, there was some confusion around uh, officers wearing safety vests, and they heard that the shooter had a safety vest on, and that's why they shot. But... Uh, Really, there's been no other information about that or the firearms used or anything that's uh, that's either leaked or been officially released on this thing. I, if there's they would have taken like two days to investigate it and they're like, okay, now we think we understand what's going on, like, cool, uh, three weeks, uh, they're delaying on purpose at this point. You, you don't think any of this is ever going to come out, right? I think uh, it will only come out when it is not politically damaging for the RCMP and for the current government. Even then? No, it'll like, it'll come out eventually, but it'll what do you be want like, to come um, out? what's that? Actually request what what would term. you like to know? I would like to know what firearms he used. Were they illegal? Were they from the U S uh, they said, Oh yeah. Well, the firearms that uh, he used are in this ban. Which cool. ones? Do, are these ones that he illegally smuggled in from the U.S.? That would be cool to know. Yep. And mm-hmm. it's probably the case. Are you guys counting uh, a, a firearm that he took off of uh, a cop that he shot? That would be cool there to know. There you go. That's the one that's in the ban. That's, uh, he took that's her kind of arm. NA. 
that's kind of NA on this thing. Like if Trudeau's going to grave stand and, and, uh, and immediately after this thing say, whoa, whoa don't worry, we got your back. We're going to put in this ban. I'd like to know if this, uh, this ban uh, would have stopped any of this. And I, I know the answer and it would not have. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah. at this it's, point, they are, they are not releasing it because uh, they're too chicken shit and the RCMP is just covering this whole thing up. Well, they're not covering anything up. They're just not releasing details of the ongoing investigation. That's not a because cover-up. it's politically damaging to their upper the uh, higher ups. Even if they did, they're, even they're going to do the OIC anyway. Even if we had all the Correct. details of what guns he used, we know he didn't have a license. But it's it, this would be like an so, emperor not wearing clothes. Like you'd basically be pantsing Trudeau by him by saying. Uh, yeah, uh, that thing that you said, that ban wouldn't have stopped this at all. This close to when he just announced the ban. They got to let it simmer for a we little can, bit, let it sit for a couple of months. Even if forget there wasn't, about this whole thing. But Adriel, even if there wasn't a ban, we can still say, attention Canada, your gun laws don't work. This guy didn't have a license. Yeah. Here, Here's the worst shooting. I'm pretty sure that you're also not allowed to uh, dress up as a cop and play and play cosplay. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he broke a bunch of rules that you're not allowed to to break, but the people uh, break rules all the time, regardless of what laws are on the books. And it would make it it would make a difference in the argument yeah. that we're not us uh, are having, mm-hmm. but that we're having with other people right now. It would but make a difference still- if we if we're able to say no, he used a this gun and then this gun. He brought them in from the he drove them over the border. Uh, None of these laws would would stop this. Yeah, you would just like to hear it from the RCMP, so then we could use it in our in our defense, and and we'll never hear it from the RCMP. And one of they, they were saying the one, of these, one of these guns was from yeah. Canada. Uh, was this a stolen firearm? Was this uh, oh, it was actually the Murdered cops' firearm? Yeah. And they're all from like from the states. Like, what kind of what kind of messaging are they are they messing around with to like desperately try to make this thing kind of applicable? And it would make a difference to the argument that we're having today. It'll make a difference to the argument that is going to be taking place in court. CCFR. Uh, the court, no. like, the, the, like this is all public opinion that we're messing around with right now. No, I like, know. It, it but won't I'm matter just... in the court whether or not uh, the Nova Scotia, like the, the Nova Scotia it depends shooting on how is, you... is any to this whole no. thing. It, it's, it's dependent on what angle some of these, some of these um, challenges are taking. Yeah. So that, that is, I, mean, I saw I saw an interesting piece of of the criminal code that talked about if there is a ban if if you're going to uh, uh, prohibit these firearms it has to be because there's no hunt like no hunting or sporting use for them and they're uh, uh, more dangerous than they than they than they the risk is too high and I think that the interesting thing about that bit of legislation is that the AR-15s aren't used in mass murders and homicides in Canada they're not. No. The, the perceived risk is very high. People see right. an AR-15 and they think that's a very dangerous thing. But so the reality why, is that they are not. Right, and that's and all about it. That's all about education. However, where do they get that? Where do they get that from? So why America, do they think right? exactly? It's America. Yeah. These yeah. happen down in the U.S. Yeah. Wow. Or they they've also. What? Go ahead. Although the government doesn't want to be educated on the on the topic, they 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 know what the truth is, but they routinely lie to Canadians every day. And the average citizen, this doesn't affect them, so they don't care. They literally Correct. don't care. They don't want to be educated. 
this this OIC thing I was told is, to go on. is going to stir up non-gun owning Canadians um, more than any other gun issue ever has because of it's such a slap in the face of democracy. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, I don't think I have any other news. All right, let's bust uh, some myths. Uh, but I just went over them. Oh, I thought that do was you more? We were going to do more on, do you on the more? next thing. Um, no, 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 that's good. I thought you had a few more about the gun ban myths. I'm just, I want to know if the potato gun is actually on the list. Can you do 10,000 joules with the potato gun or the boar? No, the but the boar. Is it considered a firearm? It, Absolutely. Firearm definition is a barrel that launches a projectile at over 500 feet per second. So if it launches the potato at over 500 feet per second and it's got a barrel, it's a firearm. I think it should be our, our slant by radios gun of choice. The potato gun. <laughs> That's not too bad. You count like, the potato. You're, not, you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, did will... you load the potato gun? I don't know. I can't count plus potato. <laughs> That's Two, right. Three. I don't know how many I put in there. Someone will have to load it for us. I haven't had potatoes in so long. I want potatoes. Go. Cool. No, you don't. <laughs> no, I don't. I have okay. Okay. Um, well, let's stuff? get in. Let's uh yeah, let's do that. Let's do new gun stuff. Uh, Durham Outdoors is selling some Chinese Tokarev 54s for 169 In these times of panic buying and U.S. dollar sucking, uh, that's a pretty good price. That's a pretty good price, 169 for to- uh, Chinese Tokarevs. <sighs> yep. Next I'm excited thing about the next thing. SFRC is bringing in a large shipment of Troy PARs and SARs, which are all manually operated rifles. Yep. I kind of like that. I, I, I watched some video of the SAR. It's spring loaded. That's the, that's the thing that was kind of neat. So uh, you pull back on it, you let go, and it loads itself again. Which is the no pricing. Who Did has the, the one? No dates. Sorry, There's a go country ahead. that has one. It's, it's, it's gas operated. You pull the trigger, the gas lens sends the bolt carrier group to the rear, but it locks back, and then you hit a button and it goes forward. UK. Yeah. I mean, if I had to, right? Yeah. I mean, the nice thing with this one is that at least it's spring-loaded, so you pull it back and let go, and you're off to the next round. Uh, I, I actually, so I was kind of curious about those. I looked them up, and uh, I found out that the PAR and the SAR uh, both just using a, a standard AR-15 barrel. So if you had, like, a Gucci 16-inch barrel, and you're like, ah, you could get one of these Troys. do have a Gucci. Shoot it, and just be like, ah, this Troy barrel is okay, but I kind of want to upgrade it. You take your Gucci AR barrel, you stick it on that thing. Accuracy, 100. Can I trade in my previous Troy AR and my other NEA Troy, or sorry, NEA AR, and just trade it in and get this one? That'd be neat. Trade in like a trade-in a trade-in program, in, which I've been told AR-15s I should do. Just that trade way. it in. Send the PARs this away. <laughs> just like Tracy said, how about just leave me and my rights alone? That'd be neat too. Wouldn't okay. that be something? <laughs> yeah. yeah, we got three. Oh. Okay. Is that it for new gun stuff, Adriel? Yeah, the Spectre Ballistics uh, LPC carbine is uh, is coming along. That's the light practical carbine. It's also oh, a yes. bolt action mm. AR, which again, if you've got AR parts but no upper and lower receiver because you had to turn it in, that's going to be another option for what to do with all your parts. Nice. Cool. 
All right. Um, we got two main topics for you this week, guys. Uh, let's jump right into them. Welcome to the first of two main topics tonight, everyone. Um, also, um, welcome to Rod Giltaka. Rod, welcome back to Slamfire. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure to have you. And uh, I got to say, man, I'm really grateful. Uh, you always make yourself available for our lonely old podcast over here. You're a super busy guy, more more so now than ever before. And the fact that you take the time to come on and uh, speak to our listeners means a lot to them, means a lot to us. So thank you. Really, uh, really mean it. It's great to have you coming on. I, I appreciate that. And, you know, funny story before you get going is I just finished doing the podcast. Mm-hmm. And in the podcast, because I've got a lot of requests recently to come on podcasts and shows and stuff like that, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. media like ours, right? Like mm-hmm. podcasts and your show. And I've, I've declined all of them. Right. So, and the reason is, is because I just, yeah, exactly. It was all for you. Uh, The reason is, it's just because it's been so busy. Busy. I can't, I can't do any more than I'm doing. Like my mind's like a baked potato. Right. And, and so anyway, just in the podcast, I'm like, you know, so all the people that are sending me these requests, I'm not, I'm not turning you down for any reason. I'm not trying to ignore you. I just, if I'm going to do media, I have to do mainstream media because we have to take every opportunity that we can get to get on there because they don't give us any chances. And then here I am no further, no, no sooner do I say that I'm on your podcast, but <laughs> you know, I've, I've been with you guys like for years, right? Even before yeah. in the yeah. civil advantage days. So, and then, so I don't know if you, you know, hit the jackpot or drew the short straw. I would think it's the latter. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely jackpot, man. I appreciate um, you making the time to be here and your time is precious. So we're going to get right to it and let you get on with, uh, with other important things. Uh, I asked you to come on this week to talk about CCFR's largest announcement to date. And tell me, Rod, does it fall under the category of never been done before? No. No? Um, Okay. Legal actions. You know, I don't really, I'm going to preface this by saying I don't really know the right answer to that. So from, in my knowledge. Because it's what we do. I mean, the CC, every, like, the CCFR is always breaking new ground in gun advocacy. And I just thought, wouldn't it be cool if this was another first done by the CCFR? I don't, I don't know. I'm pretty sure that a charter challenge around firearms uh, hasn't been done, but I don't know that. Right. Cause we're not, we're, we're, it's not something we normally do. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was an opportunity to do this. And I, you know, I feel that we're the team to do it. We're not doing it ourselves. We're not putting our friends in the in positions to 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 try this case to take it to the Supreme Court. We we've hired some of the uh, most skilled litig- litigators in Canada to do that for us. Um, we got to come up with the money to do that. Uh, we're doing okay, but this is going to be a long haul. Um, yeah. But uh, as far as I know, the other cases that have to do with firearms that have gone to to superior courts um, aren't. They're not as they're not um, on fundamental grounds like this. They're not charter challenges. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's so let's start from the beginning. Then, what is it that we're doing? What is this big announcement specifically? So we're going to take the federal government to court because we believe that they violated our rights under the charter, which is, I believe, it's Section Seven. And basically, in just in layman's terms, you have the right to liberty and security of person, and you have all these rights, and they shouldn't be unduly um, interfered with unless the government can provide a clear and reasonable justification to do that. And we don't believe that they did um, in in this situation. And basically, they made a, a serious error 
although it's not an error that they've that they haven't made before. So we're going to go after them, take them to court. It'll probably end up in Supreme Court because usually charter complaints, even if they start provincial, they'll go to they'll end up in the Supreme Court eventually. And we're hoping that it's precedent setting in that the government won't be able to, with a stroke of a pen, make the kinds of regulations that they made this time around. So the um, yeah precedent setting and and uh, the implications here are pretty phenomenal. Um, what what would be the most desirable outcome that we could achieve through this action? Well, I, I'm not a lawyer. Um, we have lawyers for that stuff, so I'm probably not the best uh, person to ask. Plus, you know, I had Mike Loberg on the CCFR radio podcast, which will probably go up tonight, if not tomorrow, because I'm exhausted. And... Uh, <laughs> And he, you know, he's like, well, you, you don't really want to detail too much of your case before you file it. Mm-hmm. And um, we're also going, we're also proceeding on probably four or five or six different facets of what they did was inappropriate. So there's a lot of different implications to different things, not just the fact that they used um, the regulation inappropriately. So the, I guess the far reaching effects would be for practical purposes, let's say we were able to have the, the regulation struck down because it was used imper- um, improperly. Well, basically, the government would have to say, well, let's do this. Well, we can't really do that because if you remember CCFR versus, you know, the government of Canada, we can't use regulations like that. And that would constrain them because, as you well know, government power needs to be constrained because people just can't be trusted. Hmm. Well said. Okay. Um, timelines. Where are we? So I think um, there's there's a couple of different ways. Again, I'm not a lawyer. There's my second, let's say a third disclaimer. Um, but there's a couple of different ways that you can file against the government. You can do what's called an application or you can do a statement of claim. So a statement of claim is kind of this long drawn out lawsuit. Uh, the statement of claim, again, I don't know, I'm not an expert, but usually have, that has a monetary thing, like a class action or a statement of claim like that. It's usually like, we're suing the government for, for something, for you know, this dollar figure because you've infringed upon me. And then you also get the advantage of getting precedent set in, you know, written into the decision. Um, Or you can do an application. So it's my understanding the application more is for here we want the government to not do what they're doing and to reverse what they did because it was inappropriate. Again, precedent setting. So the the statement of claim allows you to, um, to launch that and then provide more evidence later. It gives you a little bit more leeway, but the application takes a shorter time. It's not going to go on for three or four or five or six years, but you have to have all your evidence up front. All that to say, um, we're still deciding which is going to be the most advantageous for us, um, but we may go the statement of claim side of it. So it could be filed in and around two weeks. Okay. All right. And then, so we file in around two weeks and then we wait for a court date. Well, the a case like this, well, a case like well, any case like Hold this it, is gonna, you didn't you didn't start with I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> okay, go ahead. I don't really know what I'm talking about, but here's what I do know. <laughs> <laughs> I just you know I'm taking this from memory from from Mike yeah, and, yeah. and the other meetings we had. So, um, so what was the question? You sound like a lawyer. <laughs> you, are, exactly. you know, read the question, please. Once uh, once we file. Um, then we wait for a court date question. Mark? Right. So the court date is a long ways away. So basically the process is you file this thing. Everyone has till a certain time to get their evidence in to, for discovery, right? You have to provide mm-hmm. the government will provide its case. We'll provide our case. And then there's a lot of procedural stuff, just like another 
we have two other actions in process. And I'll tell you, I haven't seen another human being in part of these things. And some of these things have been going on for almost six months, right? So it's just a lot of paperwork back and forth. Mm -hmm. What we plan to do is, uh, is release that paperwork when it comes in to everybody so they can see the progress of the case in real time. Very good. Okay. So, um, this is expensive. We're taking mm -hmm. on the, um, federal government and the federal government has, um, very, very deep pockets because they have their hand in all of Canada's pocket, right? They're, mm -hmm. they're using our tax dollars to fight the, the CCFR in court. So they have, uh, unreal resources cause they have access to all of our tax money and dollars. So this is very expensive, but, uh, not insurmountable. People take the federal government to court uh, and win, and it, it has happened, and it will continue to happen when they make mistakes and the law is on uh, our side. So um, how do we fund this? Um, what can people do to help um, start funneling money into the CCFR coffers to fight this fight other than just simply um, go on mute there, Dave. you got a bunch of background noise other than, um, you know, renewing their memberships, what else can they do to, to help fund this? So right now, um, like when we, when we announced this, uh, people started sending us money, which I really appreciate that. We didn't ask, we didn't ask. How do for they money. do that? How do they just send money? Well, they can become a member or donate to the CCFR by going, by going to firearmrights.ca. Right. And there's like a donate link on our webpage. You can, you can donate money or you can become a member on the webpage. Yeah. You Perfect. can also okay. send us an EMT if you want. And EMTs actually are probably the best because no, we don't have to pay any fees on that. That money comes straight to us. And you can do that at, uh, by sending an email to finance at firearmrights.ca. Okay. Now what's really important. And this is, this is, I mean, you watch the video that I released and the video, I don't know, last time I looked at 105,000 views in, in 20 hours. So it really went out there. That was really great. Um, but in the video, I went out of my way, and this is really important to me. Um, I went out of my way not to ask for money because it's yeah. inappropriate to ask for money I'll for a court it. case before it's filed. Yeah, no, no, that's fine. Let me do you it. Know? So we did not money. ask for money, um, although a lot of people sent us money. And that, that money is all going to go to the case um, and because we have to finance it. We already uh, cut a check for the retainer, which was uh, <laughs> jaw dropping. Um, but anyway, <laughs> I'm sure. um, when, when the case is filed, then I will come out to the community. I'll say, here's how you can help. And then we will actually have that into a segregated account and all that, all the money we got anyway, that's going to go into that account, but it'll, it'll go there. And, uh, and then that'll be more appropriate to say you're, we're fundraising specifically for the case. Wonderful. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, fantastic. I mean, a lot of, uh, I know that a lot of uh, gun owners were saying, when are we going to sue or do something legally about this? And I think yeah. uh, you guys stepping up and, and taking action on this was, was the right move. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's right. I, it's been asked for for a while. It has, but you, you know, there's a lot of things I think that our community does to make our community feel better. And it's mm -hmm. not about making us feel better. I mean, just like, just like the, um, the rhetoric stuff, right? You know, oh, people know are that. always after me, like, well, why don't you tell them we want concealed carry right now? Or we're going to revolt and, and we're going to, you know, set fire to government buildings. I'm like, I'm not saying that, you know, like that'll make you feel better, but it's not going to get us any further ahead. That's so right. I look at the same, I look at legal action the same way. You don't, you don't pick a fight with the government and blow. I mean, a case like this will be somewhere between 500,000 and a million dollars. 
-hmm. You don't go all that way to lose for one. And we're not going there to lose. We've got one of the best teams in the country and we're going to pour resources into this, meaning that expert witnesses from across the country, from other countries, maybe whatever we are bringing all that in. We are bringing the full weight of the firearms community to bear on what the government did to us. We're not going there just to throw a few affidavits in there and lose. And we're not doing it just to prove a point. We're doing it to actually try to win. Of course. I mean, otherwise, like you said, you, you've said it before. Members' dollars are sacred, and they're not to be pissed away on frivolous projects. So yeah. we're not going to you know, raise this money, spend members' dollars, because we don't think we're going to win, or we're doing it just to placate the people who, you know, well, we should sue the bastards. All right, fine, we'll sue the bastards if it'll make you happy. No, no, we're doing it because we have the law on our side. And uh, they've gone too far. And this is the response. Sue the bastards is finally well, the proper response for real. And, and we don't want to be a paper tiger either, right? No. A, lot of, a lot of people like just yap, 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 this, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And then they don't do it. No. Or they do yeah. it half-assed and it just falls. You know, that's not, that's not who the CCFR is. And uh, it's not how we're going to run this case. Awesome. All right, cool. Um, anything else, Rod, uh, before we uh, let you get on to saving our guns? No pressure. Well, <laughs> that's the tallest order of all, I think. Uh -huh. um, but I, I think a lot of people want to know what our chances are. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I had uh, I had Mike uh, Loberg come on to the podcast and, and kind of go through that. And when it comes to, to federal court, when it comes to any kind of court process, there, I mean, you know, murderers walk free. Mm -hmm. Okay. So there's no, you know, it's like, yeah, he was over the body, he had a knife and a gun and there was a bullet hole and a knife and a stab mark in the person. And all right. And we got a picture of him. Yeah, and but he's like, yeah, well, it. you know, yeah. Um, yeah, it was a crappy search. Sorry. You know, <laughs> we'll let 10 guilty people go free before we convict one innocent man, you know, this kind mm -hmm. of, this kind of stuff. So, um, there's no guarantee and the government has a lot of tricks up their sleeve. They have a lot of influence. And to be honest with you, I'm, I don't have full faith in the, uh, altruism of the court system in Canada. Um, but we do have a case. We do have an argument. And again, if it's doable, this team can do it. So I'm hoping for the best, but there's no promises. Awesome. Well, um, we have faith in you and, and the team at the CCFR and uh, best of luck. And I hope the donations start pouring in. And, um, when we get uh, a little further along, I'd love to have you back to give us another update. Um, in between the, uh, real media interviews, if you can squeeze in another, you know, 15, 20 minutes for us, that'd be fantastic. So we can keep everybody up to speed and listeners. If you're not following the CCFR radio podcast, you really should be. There's a ton of content coming out now because of being in lockdown and Rod, up until recently having more time. So he's been producing a pile of episodes and um, the back episodes are there. Go except for number one, check out everything after that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's fantastic. And it's a great way to stay up to speed. So guys, you got anything for Rod before we say good night? No, I just wanted to thank Rod as well. Um, but what can anybody else do besides donating money? What, what are your recommendations with respect to this? Well, you know, if, uh, if you have any kind of RCMP documentation uh, or you have any evidence you think would make a, uh, you know, from any activity that you've been doing yourself, oh, yeah, I filed an ATIP and I've been sitting on this stuff or, oh, there was a decision I had, you know, from the RCMP and they sent me this documentation or whatever, 
um, yeah, go ahead and and uh, and send it over to info at firearmrights.ca. And uh, and if you want want to volunteer, that's fine. I don't usually mention that because I don't have any contact with what we do with volunteers. You guys do. Yeah. So um, other than that, yeah, support us if you if you think it's worth it, and um, we'll do our very best for you. Okay. Thanks. Awesome. Yep. Thanks, Rod. Have Rod, a good night, uh, man. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, one one sorry. question sorry. just popped up on Facebook here, and it was, I think it's a good question. Uh, would we be able to get an injunction injunction on the prohibition while the case goes forward, or is this like it'll be a while yet? Well, I asked uh, Mike about that today and it was off air and he's, he doesn't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not that it couldn't happen, but it's, you know, the, the authority that they used, it is their authority to use that. And until this goes in front of a judge, you know, maybe once, maybe once the cases are filed, there's enough to say, Hey, look here, here's where there's a wholeness. I don't know. You know, mm-hmm. we, then we can look at injunctive relief, but I don't know. It doesn't sound like it's, it's something that's going to, that's, that's going to happen. but at least nobody's knocking on your door right now. We have two years. It's, it's torture not using our ARs and our other rifles for sure. But, uh, but yeah, it doesn't, doesn't look good. Well, I can, I could pull my parts off and leave them on the shelf. I'll, I'll be out an upper and a lower. And uh, if, and when we turn this thing over, I'll buy another upper and lower. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Yeah. Very awesome. good. Okay. Thanks, Rod. Take care, man. Good luck. Awesome. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank Anytime. you very much, Rod. Keep up the good fight. Thanks. Get Take some, care, guys. Get some rest. I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> you sound good. So, everyone, awesome. this is Greg Delbridge. Greg Delbridge is a competition shooter, all-round nice guy, yoga guru. Well, not guru, but he goes to yoga classes, which is why he's so damn flexible getting in and out of his positions when he's shooting. And he is the Ontario Rifle Association Match Director for our service rifle program and is also heavily involved with many of our other things, including our CQB program, and he is the webmaster as well and sits on the the ORA uh, council. So welcome to Slamfire Radio, Mr. Delbridge. Yeah, thank you. Thanks very much. Now you're a celebrity. You're Canadian famous. Wow. <laughs> I know, That's right? Awesome. I, I had to use my yeah. wife's Facebook account to listen to the last interview. So. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, okay, before Chris we go Watton forward. and Andrew Darcy say hello, Greg. Ah. They're, uh, they're watching. So before we go forward, has anybody ever said you look like Drew Carey? Just have to say it. <laughs> Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Totally. Now everybody, now everybody that's watching is going to say that <laughs> later. So <Good>. now, <laughs> felt. <laughs> yeah, you look like skinny Drew Carey. I've never said anything, but uh, well, okay, Kelly said it. Okay, your new nickname on the range is Drew forever and ever. <laughs> right. So. So, Greg, uh, service rifles. So you've been involved in the service rifle with the, the Ontario Rifle Association, I think about maybe a year longer than I have been. Yeah, I've been you... shooting, I guess I've been shooting sort of competitively with the ORA, primarily service rifle, for about 12 years now, give or take. And then I've, uh, when the last match director, who ran it for many, many, many years, retired, um, I took over. So I guess this is my fourth year running it. Yeah, yeah. And how did you get into, well, first off, what is service shooting? Service shooting. Well, um, it's basically, uh, I'll explain it. Um, (laughs) 
it's kind of a broad topic, a big topic, or, or sort of vaguely. But basically, it's um, a, dyna a dynamic kind of shooting sport. Um, it's called service because we we primarily um, sort of follow a military course of fire, and we do actually have some military units that participate in our matches um, in advance of training for their own national competitions. Um, you know, it um, fire and move. It's basically fire and movement. You you never sort of start your shooting uh, in the position that you're going to shoot it from. Um, and, uh, you know, the target tree is dynamic as well in that, um, they're not static targets. You just don't lay on your belly, fire off 10 rounds on your own time over 10 minutes. Things are timed. The, the timings are very quick. Um, the target tree is very quick as well. So, you know, we have, we do have a deliberate target um, where you have a whole two minutes to fire. And then we have snap targets where a target will just pop up for like a three second exposure and you have to shoot at it. Uh, we have rapid targets where they come up for 30 seconds and you have to put, there's, there's two and you have to put five rounds on the left target, five rounds on the right. Um, then we have moving targets as well where they come up and they basically walk from one, one, one bay to the next bay and you have to fire at it while it's moving. So they like said, it's sort of the same sort of military course of fire um, that they use um, for, for training. Um, we use military ranges, we use military targets. And up until, I guess, last week, we typically used the civilian derivatives of sort of military firearms, primarily um, the AR-15. What kind of ranges do you shoot? Like Ranges? Distances? Yeah. yeah. How, so, how far? What distances? Distances? So uh, matches basically start at 100 yards and go back to 500. So we shoot at all distances, every 100-yard increments from 100 to 500. Yeah, and you're shooting. You're shooting a different course of or a different match at each range, correct? Yeah. So each each match is made up of a number of stages. So usually it starts off with a deliberate stage. So that's sort of your let's call it relaxed two minutes to fire on your own time, and then we move into sort of multi position shooting. So you could do you know the next stage might be kneeling, uh, it might be might be kneeling on a moving target, or it might be the um, the or the next stage could be the rapid target. So basically it's a combination. It's basically five stages per match um, at basically a given distance. And the final stage of that match at that distance involves the, the rundown, where we say we our match starts at 200 yards, we do four stages there, and then on the, on the very final exposure, you run to 100 and then fire the last stage from there. So that's how we sort of, the, the, that's how the match is formed, except for the very last match, which is the 500 yard match. Um, we have one stage at five, you run, then the next stage is at four and then three and then two and then one. So it happens very quickly. So you're spending a lot of time running and you have, uh, I think we've, I've upped the timing with but 90 seconds to run to the next stage and, and fire your exposure or shoot okay. at your exposure. Uh, Greg, th this, uh, this, this whole sporting, uh, this whole competition that, that you guys run, the service rifle, mm -hmm. did that start as a military competition that civilians were invited to attend? Did it start as a, as a civilian competition that military people were attend like can you tell us a little bit about the history of it because the history, sure. so the ORA has been around for about 153 years I think this year so I think yep. as long as there have been firearms there have been competitions um, for marksmanship um, so you know back back in the day um, when the ORA started it was actually um, to train marksmanship and teach marksmanship to the local militias which were the individual farmers that you know were basically to protect Canada from the Americans coming up and over right um, so, you know, as, as time's gone on, you know, the, the, um, you know, the rifles we've used have changed, um, you know, from, from muskets to Lee Enfields and things. So basically, um, the military has always had their style of shooting. Um, the, you know, the, the basically, you know, the different positions, the different, different ranges, things like that. Um, and 
target rifle, you know, the traditional uh, sense of target rifles where you you sort of lay down, shoot it around target, um, you know, at at a fixed distance. So those two things sort of moved in parallel for the longest of time, right? They would be muskets, you know, Lee Enfields, Ross rifles, moving into the number four, you know, sort of, um, and then what, what happened is things started to diverge a little bit after sort of World War II when sort of the, the, the firearms sort of changed. So up until, say, in the mid-40s, 50s, everyone was shooting number fours. And sort of there was those two sort of streams. There was the dedicated target stream. Those were the guys who were making every modification they could just to get that little bit more accuracy out of number fours. Um, I once I had a, a, an older shooter tell me that he used to have a screw that he screwed right through the stock of his number four to adjust the tension. Um, so depending on the humidity, he would adjust that for accuracy. So these guys, you know, they, they're chasing accuracy. And then the other side, we had the uh, sort of the military side of shooting the the, the, the multi-position um, dynamic style. So they sort of grew. Um, and then as more target um, sort of, they were moving in parallel. But then what really changed is in, when the C- C1 came out, you know, the semi-automatic, um, the target rifle side, re- and, and, and it's about the same time that sort of dedicated target rifles came in, like um, Musgraves and things like that. Um, so that's where it's sort of the things started diverging. So I guess the answer to your question is we've been doing it forever. Um, the official sort of course of fire that we've been shooting or modification of it has been around since about the 70s. Um, very similar, you know, timings have changed and things like that. They're modernized, but really it's primarily the same thing. It's been around since the 70s when sort of the Canadian forces went to the C1, um, sort of, um, and, the, and sort of that course of fire changed for a semi-automatic. That hopefully wasn't too rambly. No, that was perfect. Um, <laughs> did uh, did the ORA, were, were there people competing with the C1, like civilians competing with, I guess, the, the FN, FAL? Like, were, were yeah. they competing with the, the civilian equivalent back then? Well, back back then they would be competing with because um, you know the original uh, FNs and things didn't go pro hip until I think the later seventies. So they, I guess in the early days they wouldn't, you know, um, competing with the uh, civilians would be competing with the uh, you know uh, whatever one they could get. I know my father had an Australian L1A1 um, growing up, and mm-hmm. even back then, you know, uh, when I was a kid, it was restricted. Um, but he purposely bought it to shoot service rifle, so it was a converted auto, and he lost that in the in the first round of gun, well, I guess the second round of gun bans in the nineties. But by then, I guess they were the Canadian military and civilian shooters alike would have moved over to the uh, M4 and or sorry M16 and, and AR15 and style. AR-15. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So primarily, when the AR, um, you know, the AR15, the M16 sort of came online, it really is an ideal platform. You know, it's reliable, it's accurate, and it doesn't kick your brains out. Um, you know, firing 165 rounds out of a you know full full power cartridge is uh, is rough on a person. And expensive. <laughs> and expensive. Yeah, I couldn't couldn't imagine expensive shooting three, that much 308. <laughs> yeah, honestly, up until the uh, midish to late 80s, the military actually provided ammunition for the ORA for competition. Yeah, I heard and of flights. that. Yep. Now, flights, you could actually back, catch a you could actually catch a ride on a Herc if there was a uh, one headed the way that your competition was going. Yeah, I hadn't heard that, but uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody my, told yeah. me they used to catch a ride. Yeah, yeah. I think they. Yes, I mean this is incorrect to that say was a long now, time but, ago. Yeah, yeah. My father used to used to joke that the basically the uh, the the military and their sponsorship of, of comp, you basically confis- um sorry competitions and service rifle was basically like a natural resource to be sort of exploited. I guess. In a way. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Well, kind of. I mean, it's not a bad thing to have like a semi-trained 
civilian group of, of marksmen that uh, uh, should push come to shove and, and you have a World War Three rolls around like you've got a semi-trained populace that uh, uh, that, you, that you can con- conscript. <laughs> that's, and, that, and that's that's where it started. That was you know, that's plot. where uh, most of the provincial rifle, associa- uh, provincial rifle associations and the national bodies um, got their start just with, with that in mind because I think Back then, Canada didn't even have a, a standing army. Um, no, and, and definitely no, not, a, not a reserve. No, oh, I'm actually holding up uh, holding up one of my medals, and uh, the medal actually has dates from the 1800s around the edge, and that each of those was a uh, was as a result of an action that the Ontario Rifle Association served in uh, during the Fenian raids, the War of 1812, and a few other ones. So those are commemorated on our uh, mm. on our coins. So that's kind of cool. Huh. We, so, we don't get called up anymore, though. Yeah, I can't imagine. So, so I mean, I, I guess the the impact really with this uh, latest round of prohibitions is that um, civilians won't be competing with current tech that the that the military will be. Uh, well, not not even current tech because you you can't really say that a, a competition AR fifteen is is the same thing as like a a, a duty M sixteen or or M four. Um, now, when you guys compete with the military, is that a military competition, or is that something they're run by by the DCRA? Like, what's the what's the what's the the big service rifle shoot at the end of the year where everyone gets to see whether the the civvies are better shooters than the uh, than the military are? Um, yeah. So the competitions we run, um, so the like I said, the ORA is the Provincial Rifle Association, and DCRA is the National. Um, another schism that occurred was about ten years ago, give or take. Um, the military, I said this course of fire that's been around since the 70s, and these things are more the same than different, right? You know, the timings have changed and sort of the order of things have changed. But there was a bit of a schism back about 10 years ago where the military decided that they wanted more sort of situational shooting, um, you know, more positions, um, faster stages, faster a faster match that not only required, you know, your traditional marksmanship skills, but also the ability to get into position faster. Um, prior to that, service rifle, although service rifle was a little slower um you know you had lots of time you, you got you know you when you went prone you got into prone you wiggled into the ground nice and comfortable um so where i was going with that is that um the dcra um didn't support the military when the military changed their basically their program uh, and continued with that same course of fire from the 70s um which and you're right the national competition at the end of the year is called nscc now, the Canadian military um, has their own competition. It used to be run in parallel with the NSCC, but it's now called CAFSAC. 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 Yeah, Canadian yeah. Armed Forces Small Arms Competition. Or CIFSAC. Concentration. I can't remember which one it is. <laughs> um, they changed the name recently as well. Um, so the ORA decided 10 years ago, because, um, because you know, the local military units were... Um, using us um, as, as training for, for their national competition um, to follow that military course of fire. So the ORA has been using um, basically uh, a modified version of that, of the, of the military competition um, for their matches. So NSCC, um, I guess that's the one where civilians and, and soldiers can shoot side by side, um, or CAFSAC is just, um, is just for soldiers. And they can be, uh, well, you're seeing my little horde of food back there. That's not- <laughs> <laughs> different episode to talk about that yeah 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 um yeah so then um so and then and that's where you know sort of the the, the top canadian forces shooter is uh you know is is, is uh, awarded every year and one yeah. one person who used to shoot with us um 
won it uh, two years ago, I believe. Yep. 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 And a lot of our shooters that came out, our military shooters, would come out, shoot our matches for the entire year, and then they yep. go do the units would do very well at CAFSAC. And some of the units that show up, I mean, they don't they don't really practice like we do at competitions doing competition shooting and uh the units that came out to, to do our matches uh, tended to do quite well mm-hmm. yeah so uh now that the air 15s are banned um right now what are you guys doing <laughs> rock slingshots rocks um you know back to the four there's the uh, mark four yeah so yeah so um, I just sent an email out today, you know, to my group of guys to find out, you know, what we can do. So, I mean, comes right down to, I mean, I'm sure I, I came in late, um, on, um, broad stock, but, uh, I sure you know that this ban is random in nature a bit, you know, they went after the AR and then they sort of went down and said, we don't like that. Oh, that's been used in a bad thing. Let's get rid of that. Sort of like, um, you know, looking at all the drunk drivers pulled over last Friday night and banning those models of cars that they were driving because somehow, that's going to make a difference. So, I mean, I know, you know, everyone's all like, oh, we shouldn't tell them which ones are still allowed, but I mean, it's kind of ridiculous. And as Dave pointed out, Google's very powerful, um, but there are still some semi-automatics, usually really expensive ones like Bushmaster ACRs, yeah. you know, the WK 180s. There are still some, you know, um, semi-automatics that could be shot. The reason everyone migrated to the AR was just, was such a superior platform for this. Um, you know, I've been getting guys, uh, I personally, don't have anything <laughs> other than a T97, which, um, and one of the Gen 1s, so I can't even put an optic on it, so not so great at 500. Um, so I'm stuck. I'm looking to shoot this with my Mossberg MVP um, moving forward. So we're looking at sort of expanding it to bolt actions, but it, it's quite a game because I have someone who also said, yeah, yeah I'm going to try it with my like lever and a grand. So we're going to get quite a spectrum of people. So my struggle right now is to try to figure out, to try to develop a program that's um, sort of like, fun um and also safe to be shot with such a variety of equipment um mm. while still sort of being competitive for everybody so that's where it stands right now so really i don't know <laughs> I'm, i've been struggling with that um sort of for the last week what uh, what this year is going to look like and of course um, because of covid 19 we haven't been on the range um you know borden's like we use military ranges we're very lucky that way um but of course they're they're shut down um for social distancing and and we're limited to five people now in ontario that kind of thing so fingers crossed you know things settle down um you know for the fall and we, we can get back out and see what it's S- gonna be like S- sks is great just switch to sks's it's true i mean they're they're um they're not great at 500 yards either <laughs> Um, we, have some, we have had people bring them out we have, and they yeah. don't and we, tend to do extremely well. Yeah. I mean, we've had some, unfortunately, some practical limitations is that, like I said, we, we use military ranges, their rules, and a lot of the ammo, non-NATO yeah. calibers are not yeah. approved for use on their ranges. So, silly. Uh, so it's, it's a bit, it's a bit silly, but, um, you know, I can understand where the guy's job is to, you know, basically run, keep the range license up to date. And he looks at all these things and says, Canada forces don't use any of these. Why, why are we doing this? So yep. I can see it from his point of view as well. A little CYA there, but uh, yeah. So hopefully we can get that relaxed a little bit. Yeah. I mean, one of the things you were, you were kind of mentioning there was that the AR-15 gave competitive equity. Anyone can yep. buy an AR-15, put the scope or optic that they want to on yeah, there, run a good barrel, like trigger, like the competitive equity was very good with it. And the price mm-hmm. was very good with it because you can get into an AR for six, well, you could for 600 bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, you will not find a non-restricted 
centerfire semi-automatic rifle for six hundred dollars that can do what an AR-15 can do. No, nope. it's true. You'd, you'd be hard no, find to find the any. Options yeah, you'd be hard find right now to buy any non-restricted semi-auto in Canada <laughs> for any amount of money. Yeah, yeah, there is a there is a run on them right now, and yeah, uh, yeah you know, if I if I put myself in the shoes of a of a service rifle shooter who had been shooting for a long time, had an AR for this or two ARs for this, and is now stuck with what next? Like, yeah, they, they're they're going to have to outlay a few thousand dollars, while perfectly good guns for this competition are sitting in their, in their safe. safe. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And that's the thing, like people just don't have, and, and people don't have that kind of money right now either because we've got the whole COVID thing going on. So, mm-hmm. and are they just going to prohibit whatever you buy? Because, I mean, the OAC said, we'll just keep adding guns as long as you keep buying guns. So if I go drop three grand on an ACR, am I going to have it in six months? That's the other worry, right? Yeah, exactly. And mm-hmm. uh, and, and then have another three grand uh, of capital locked up in a safe waiting for the government to figure their stuff out. Yep. Yeah. Hmm. Well, that's too bad. Um, it sounds like you guys are going to keep ticking, but mm-hmm. it's going to be a lot, lot more random, a lot less uh, competitive equity wise because uh, not everyone can afford the three grand or, or more to, to get a, a competitive rifle anymore. Oh, it's, it's very true. Plus, um, like even the, uh, I said, um, I said out to my guys as well. I don't know. If it's, it's really interesting. There's a, it's called Shoot to Live. And it's a Canadian Army uh, training manual from 1945. And it's posted online, like archive.org. And it's, it's I mean, a little socially unacceptable now, um, some of the stuff <laughs> in there. But um, it's, it's, I mean, it just shows the fundamental point of view. Changed. Yeah, it's true. Uh, but it's all, it's all teaching marksmanship and, and how to shoot the, the Enfield, like the number four. And it's all, you know, off the elbows and things like that, right? You know, forming a truss. And um, so, like, with um, with the AR, you could rest your mag. So, you essentially had a monopod. So, it was a very stable platform as well. So, it, uh, it'll it be different. Um, like I said, um, you know, different classes, that kind of thing. You know, it'll have to be a bit of a reduced course of fire as well. To uh, You're not going to be able to go from, say, a st- in 30 seconds from a standing position and drop down and fire 10 rounds with, you know, get into a prone position and fire 10 rounds in 30 seconds uh, anymore. So, um, but you, it's all order for I mean, a bolt. It yeah. is, it is, it is. So, I mean, hopefully things will, hopefully things will, hopefully things will change fingers crossed, but, uh, um, you know, sort of moving at least for the next two years, for the next two years, you know, moving forward, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta keep something to keep shooting, keep getting on the range, you know, keep, keep doing the sports. That Absolutely. Love, so, yeah, so I was, in, you know, the depression is moving away after the week, but uh, you know, I'm just sort of looking for a way forward now. So I think it'll, I think it'll still be a fun game. I think people will still enjoy it. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of sports are going to have to change. I mean, I saw that uh, Op Missile sent out an Ontario Multigun League sent out an email as well that they're going to be doing shotgun and pistol this year because I mean, 95 percent of the people that shoot that sport use an AR-15. Last year was AR-15s and handguns, so mm-hmm. it's uh, going to get more expensive. Yeah, yeah. and the other biggest thing which sort of, like I said, the, the, um, the ORA has been like partners with the local military units, um, especially in the, in the service side of things, right? Um, that it's going to be really tough to support those local units that rely on us um, to come to our matches, you know, for, for their own yeah. practice. 
um, because we'll have to develop a course of fire for, you know, sort of the 1950s or, you know, something that could be shot with the technology of the 50s. And and these guys don't have that. So AR is 1950s technology. It's it's true. (laughs) Yeah. We uh, we go out and help out with their matches as well. Sometimes yeah. we've actually the ORA has actually been invited in the past to go out and run military matches or to assist the military in their matches or even sometimes to shoot alongside the military in their matches. So see how all that goes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's very sad <laughs> and frustrating. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, uh, yeah, thanks for, again for coming on, Greg. Uh, where can people find out more about the ORA? So the, um, There's a uh, website, OntarioRifleAssociation.ca. Um, in there, you can learn about the different disciplines. Uh, like I said, um, service will be changing a little bit, but you can learn about target rifle, um, precision, um, Swiss. And we have, uh, for, for those members who, um, we have a thing called sporting rifle, which is, I used to refer to as service rifle light. It was basically shot at 100, 200, and 300 yards. Standing at one, prone at two and three, loads of time, no, 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 uh, no time stress at all. Um, but basically, it was a deliberate snap and uh, a moving match. So you know, one one shot kind of for exposure. So you did your deliberative ten, and a snap target, and it came up for a long time. You fire your one shot, and we do that ten times, and then again the moving targets because not often you get to shoot at moving targets, and that's that's pretty cool because that's the one thing I guess is a big difference about sort of mid, uh, a military range versus a. Uh, civilian sort of gun club range you know normally you know you put your targets up at the berm at the backstop and everyone moves to the firing point and shoot um on gallery ranges with butts um there's actually people at the targets operating the targets so there's a concrete there's a basically a, an earthen berm with a concrete mantle in behind and people stand in behind all that and they raise the targets and lower them um so there's actually people operating them so that adds a whole you know, opens up a whole bunch of new possibilities for different kind of targetry options. So, and if you ever wanted to yeah. hear what a bullet sounds like when it goes by, yeah. it's really fun running down the butts <laughs> and just hearing hearing gunshots going overhead. It's pretty damn cool. I uh, yeah. I really enjoy being down there running the targetry. Yeah, shot surprisingly at. loud. I uh, so I wear hearing protection in the butts because it it uh, it's surprisingly snappy because they're still going supersonic when they cross your when they go over top of your head. You know, granted, you know, ten feet up in the air, but it's over top of you. Yeah, it's pretty. Uh, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great sport. So I'm looking looking forward to continuing it in whatever form we uh, we do That's going true. forward. And the, yeah, and they're like so the targets are on sticks and you put them up. Um, and the really good shooters, of course, shoot the center of the target out, which is exactly where the top of the stick is. So it just sort of rains down splinters on you. But yeah, uh, yeah, hmm. yeah. So I mean, I don't know. Yeah, for terms of scale of targets. Yeah, do you have some examples this, there? I do. Greg? This is this is a figure twelve target. Um, so we would shoot this target um, this size of this backer um, from basically four hundred yards and forward. Forward, and then this target, um, they, that the distance differences, the the, the scoring range sort of changes size. Um, and then uh, at five hundred, this is mounted to basically a four foot uh, four foot square kind of core class. Um, backer, and then uh, but we use these ones all the way down from uh, so 400 yards down to 100, and then the figure 11. This one's a little shot up, but it's basically a full height 
version. So it's got a top and a bottom, so you can you know, see. And this is primarily the target that we're going to use for the movers. So basically, the target will it's a pop up and then a block from one basically one shooting position to the to the next shooting position. So, Which is about what six six feet, eight feet, something like that. Uh, it's six giant six steps. long steps. So I would say that's more like ten feet. Yeah, it's uh, okay. a six second exposure, and you sort of take six sort of long faces. Yeah. And how are the targets scored, Greg? Like with the figure 11 there, I'm going to make you get up again. Oh, well, I'm going to grab the 12 since you can actually see that. So this one okay. here, uh, you can, I don't know if you can see sort of the, I've hand drawn the V on this one, yep. right? So they're scored basically V5-4 um, you know, in terms of ring. So as long as you're on the 18 inch, like I said, this scoring circle gets larger and smaller um, for the different distances that we have. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, additional rings sort of show up for the deliberate. So it becomes V543, but that's basically how they're scored. So the center is right in, right in the chin. And what's the, what's the meaning of the V-bowl? V-bowl? So, yeah, so I said, so uh, five and four. So what a V-bowl does is it's scored as a five, but it breaks ties. So if someone has the same, uh, let's, let's, let's say they have a perfect, basically the 10 shots with five would be a 50. So we score at um, 50 point how many V-bowls you have. So a 50.8 would win relative to a 50.6, for example. Um, but again, a 50.6 would beat a 49.8. Right? So it really just, it's really just there to break ties. This is your cool. five ring, yep. this is your four ring. Any V's you got? Nice. Yeah, yeah. I think that was that was sort of a, a more recent addition, wasn't it? the V-Bull? I remember guys telling me the old targets, there were no V-Bulls, but people just got so freaking good that they had to add them. Uh, they've been around for at least as long as I've been around, so like 12 okay. years or so. Yeah. Nice. Um, figure 11s are scored similarly? Very similar. Uh, bigger yeah. targets? Uh, well, they're bigger, but they're, they're not any wider. So you think about the, basically we use this for the moving exposure. You only ever have the same width, right? Yeah. Um, but basically, you can you can mark them any way we do. But the first two boxes for us are V and then five and then four. So, yeah, it's uh, if you happen to drop a shot, as in you know not miss your target, you know your score drops pretty quick, right? So, yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, nice. Yeah. So, okay. questions you have? equipment or any or no, yeah I mean, what sort uh, of uh, uh well we, we, we've kind of had we've, we've uh -huh. gone over service rifle before it was um it was i think the the really interesting part to, to kind of hear from you was the the history of it and mm -hmm. uh a little bit more about uh uh what you guys are doing based on this band because i think that's what people are really interested in right now is uh, if they really liked service rifle or, or if they just wanted to go and they had an AR they were they were building and now they're stuck without it. What's what's the way going forward? Yeah. I think uh, I think you've said uh, bring what you got. I think I think that's what roughly what you're saying there. Yeah, yeah. I, we're we're gonna try it with a bring what you got kind of model and uh, see where that goes. Um, like I said it it will be for the first little while anyway, it'll be the learning learning curve. Um, yeah. but the key is to Sort of make something that's relevant that makes sense but also safe right um because i said on the yeah. rundowns um you know running down with a bolt action you know that's with the bolt open is a little bit different than running down with a you know closed action of a of a yeah semi kind of thing so yeah uh, you know it's, it's we'll, we'll figure it out well we'll come up with something um yeah yeah awesome all right awesome yeah. thanks greg no thanks greg appreciate that sir yeah, thanks for coming on. Yeah.
Good luck. Thanks. Thanks very much. Thanks That's for having all. me. Good luck. Yeah. I don't know how you'd go from a, a range of like a bunch of guys running ARs to a bunch of guys running, I don't know, SKSs, SVTs, WKs, <laughs> just like everything. Like it's so incredibly difficult to try to keep safety and equity going. Well, imagine yeah. Ipsic, Adriel, if um, I had this and you had a Shadow 2. I'm holding up a revolver. Yep. Yep. It just, you know, so. Same thing would happen. <laughs> The the AR was the great equalizer, and they were used because they were the best gun for that game, and they were the most affordable gun for that game. Yep. So either you switch everybody over to the same platform, or make, make different classes. Maybe. Yeah, that, that's what Ipsic did. Then it's diluted with three people per class. I know. Yeah, we we have the issue with classes, but um, <coughs> for me, like I said, it's um, this is a there's a range safety officer. They give all of the range commands, you know, um, you know, for inspection, clear rifles, um, and all the commands are the same. So coming up with a list of commands, even to show how something is safe, whether it's bolt out, whether it's, you know, um, chamber flag, whether it's, you know, from a bolt action perspective, and then how do I do that with a lever gun? Um, you know, things, things like that. So I, I, that's what I'm really struggling with right now is to basically make a standard that will apply to all, um, I said, even with the, you know, the example with the Epsic versus the revolver versus the, uh, uh, you know, like automatic, right? Like, yeah, yeah I, ha I have to make one clear command. Um, cause that's one thing on the range is that it is controlled by, um, you know, the firing point officer, uh, range safety officer. They, uh, you know, they're given the instructions, which is very militaristic, right? To be given the instruction to engage the stop in this time, you know, so it's very, it's very, a very controlled firing point. And unlike most other sports, we have a bunch of people all shooting on the line at the same time. So it's mm -hmm. not like Ipsic where you have one person running and one range safety officer. You may have 10 shooters and one range safety yeah. officer yeah. running the line. Yeah. I have some pictures. I don't know how I can show them, like electronic photographs, but... Uh... Well, if you if you send them to samfireradio.gmail.com, I'll be sure to add them into the uh, uh, show notes for, for today's show. Yeah. Sure. Awesome. There's a true service conditions picture. It, we our last let's call it service rifle match was the last November when the temperature tanked to a minus twenty five and it snowed. Oh, yeah. Mm, yeah, so Dave took it. some great pictures of us all laying in the snow and it was cold. <laughs> so that would be the last one. Or, <laughs> yeah. The last real one, maybe for a while anyway. For a, mm. for a little while anyway, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. One of my cool. military buddies said, "Well, come sign up. We'll uh, we'll give you a rifle, and you can maybe go shoot service rifle." <laughs> so maybe what we'll do, Greg, is um, we'll call it a wrap for tonight. Sure. We'll have you back on when you guys get up and running, and you can come back and tell us what you're doing and how you've adapted. In case there are listeners that want to come out and try it, they'll know you know where you guys are at. Yeah, sure thing. Cool. All right. Awesome. Thanks, Greg. Awesome. Have a good night. Yeah. Thanks so hey, much. Too. Thanks again to Rod and Greg, um, both very informative and um, looking forward to getting updates from both of those guys in the future as well. Let's get into listener feedback. Listener feedback is sponsored by Armory DC Gunsmith. Armory DC Gunsmith is a full-service gunsmith who specializes in firearms refinishing. He offers hot bluing, park rising, and circle finishes, as well as wood refinishing. Check out his online inventory of new and used guns, firearms, accessories, optics, and more at dcgunsmith.ca. Vortex order just arrived, actually, with more on the way. 
Um, you can follow DC Gunsmith on the Facebooks and on the Instagram. This first one comes to us from Spencer. Dave, have you ever read a Spencer email? Well, Dave left. Oh, nice. <laughs> Dave's not here. Dave's not here, <laughs> man. Dave's not here, man. All right, go ahead, Kelly. Ah, geez. Okay. <laughs> hey, guys. Uh, it doesn't seem all that long ago I emailed to congratulate CCR hosts on getting the long gun registry removed. For a good while, it seemed like things in Canada were moving in the right direction or at least not going backwards. One thing to be proud of, though, is how low they had to sink to actually accomplish the gun grab. I'd say it's testimony to the work that group of like CCFR and shows like Slamfire have done in educating the public and holding the media to account. It's obviously the liberals felt they couldn't get what they wanted if they had to go through the proper route. It seems that even with other liberal parties on their side, uh, they obviously couldn't be sure they uh, could actually pass this kind of sweeping gun bill. Just hold on a second. Go, go down. Um, so instead, they used the blood of innocent victims as an excuse, yeah, to pass a flat degree during a global pandemic. A flat decree, which should be decree. Um, even non-gun owners in Canada have to be concerned about the uh, precedent this sets. It also should stir up some real concern about the abuse of these OICs and maybe bring a discussion on how to, and maybe bring up a, a discussion on how to restrict uh, them uh, to their proper role. As you mentioned, though, you have two years and an election to try and reverse this. And once the uh, budgetary aspects become clear, you should have a lot more uh, political support. Keep up the great work and the microcasts are appreciated, Spencer. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Spencer. Any comments on that before we get to Trevor B? Nope. Uh, All right. I mean, I, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. From Trevor B, Public Safety Minister Bill Blair breezily declared that the banned rifles are not used for hunting. Shortly before Justice Minister David Lamadi announced that there would be exemptions from the ban for some indigenous communities where the rifles are needed for hunting. So that was odd. Someone, uh, someone should arrange a protest with as many indigenous shooters that have the banned rifles under section 35. I believe that the exempt that they are exempt from this BS law, unless uh, it only applies for hunting. When people, when the police arrive on the range, they can present their status card and tell them to piss off. Well, the word hunting was used. So, but you got to cite in your hunting rifle somewhere. Mm -hmm. Again, not very well thought out. I guess these rifles, as Trudeau put it, Trudeau put it, have no other purpose than to kill the maximum amount of people in the shortest amount of time. That comment was with regards to the AR-15 specifically. So no, that doesn't apply here. He's calm. I, th uh, uh, I disagree. I think I think it applies yeah. to AR-10s as well. What's yep. the difference? I thought that comment was for assault weapons. Okay, right? air tens are assault are, are assault weapons under this. According band. to him, yeah. So, anyway. so are MP twenty twos. Sorry for the rant. I'm sure you've had your. I'm sure you're had enough of it lately. Heard enough mm -hmm. of it lately. Love the show. Yep, we hear lots of ranting, but that's okay. It's people need to vent right now. They're frustrated, yep. and um, as long as your emails are appropriate, vent away, man. Send them in. 
we're uh, we're here to listen. Uh, if you would like to rant uh, and rave, <laughs> um, you can do so by sending an email to uh, slamfireradio at gmail.com. Uh, podcast reviews. This one came to us from Nick, and it says the title is Great Content for Canadian Shooters. The review. This podcast has lots of great content. The episodes are well-structured and current. Great education and great entertainment about firearms, shooting, and sports for Can- and shooting sports for Canadians. Thank you, Nick. We also have a new Patreoni. Thank you for uh, picking up my Slack and putting this in. I believe Kelly, you did this. Thank you very much. Uh, it's from Andrew D. Uh, he's pledging eight bucks, which is an awesome amount. And um, if you would like to become a Patreon supporter. You'll get a patch in the email, in the mail, and um, if you haven't received your stuff lately, send us an email, and Adriel will uh, will check. But I think we're up to date, aren't we, Adriel, and all that? I got three to send out now. Three to send out. Cool. Yep. So you can check us out on Patreon uh, by going to patreon.com forward slash slamfire radio. You could support the show for as little as a dollar a month or eight bucks or whatever you want and uh, cancel at any time. And by doing that, it helps fund the show and we really appreciate it and are always talking in the background about ways to um, incentivize our program by coming up with extra things for the Patreonies. So shout outs, anyone, Adriel? No, I mean, a lot of people have been putting in a lot of work, doing a lot of important things. And uh, yeah, I've been... I've been trying to to push the stuff as much as I can. Yeah. So you're shouting out yourself. No, mm-hmm. cool. I'm shouting out other people <laughs> who I am then pushing. It's funnier my way. It is. It is. Yeah. All right. Good. So, uh, yeah, if I could shout anyone out, it would be the hunting gear guy. He's doing a bang up job with this right now. <laughs> is he ever? Yeah. He's my Fantastic. favorite. Yeah. <laughs> He's been putting out lots of content on... All right, shut up. Kelly has an actual uh, shout-out that's way more important no, you than you're saying right now. No, I <laughs> no rather... I'm nonsense. That's it. No, okay. Nonsensing. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly? So I would like to give a personal shout-out to Michael Lilberg, who is taking up... Um, he's going to be the person as uh, on one of the council, one of the counselors. He is uh, going to be presenting this to the uh, courts. For us... Quarterbacking as it. Quarterbacking, quarterbacking it yep. right ccfr everybody rod for coming on tonight tracy uh, the, as i said they haven't gotten any sleep lately all the ccfr um field officers as well as some of the other gun organizations as well and a mandolin mayhew thank you for the fantastic gear and all the swag like i got a crap ton of swag just saying thanks cool all right i got a shout out um this is a shout out I don't know if it's a shout out or um, one of those um, uh, I don't know. I can't come up with a fancy word for it uh, to um, the listeners who were not impressed with my rant. Um, la, one of the COVID episodes I was on. Um, yeah, I was running hot. And uh, if you were insulted uh, by my, uh, comments about government workers or people with liberal arts degrees. Keep in mind that I am a government worker with a liberal arts degree, but uh, I was, I was, I was, I was, Me too. Uh, yeah, I was tearing it up pretty good. So anyway, 
So I'm Sorry the only one I... who does any real work around here. These two just yep. slack. Hey, Adriel. <laughs> Shut up. But to be fair, I did say whoever came up with the way of making that system convoluted, like, you know, that took some effort and some work. So maybe that applies to you. I don't know. Maybe you're good at making things hard. It takes a skill. <laughs> anyway, I'm just uh, pissed off all the time. And uh, that's that's the way it is. And I say some shit. And I'd like to tell you, if you don't like it, go listen somewhere else. But that wouldn't be very positive. That wouldn't be very nice. But yeah, uh, yeah I'll try to be a bit more or less pissed off. We appreciate your feedback. Yeah, what she Still. said. I don't because you gave me shit. I don't appreciate it. Even though you were right, I'll try and be more. Um, ah, fuck you. I'm going to just go be myself. <laughs> there you go. It's because you care. It is. You actually do care. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Good night, everyone. Wait, 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 wait. Do the other stuff. Reach oh. out to your city councilor. Yeah, do plug. that. Reach yeah. out to your city councilor now. Talk about municipal handgun bans. Otherwise, you're hooped. Yes, yep. and join the CCFR. Um, if you haven't, please do renew if you need to renew. Um, send a donation. The CCFR also has a Patreon account. So, you know, rather than, like you'd like to give them a hundred bucks, you don't have it all at once, sign up for Patreon, man. Oh, and they'll get, yeah, you know, just a little bit off your off your credit card once a month. You're not even going to notice it. Or you just know? do the EMT because Patreon mm-hmm. takes a crap ton off with, off the top. Oh, that's true too, but it's EMT just not. EMT is like direct, 100%. All right, so send and one EMT can... a day for a hundred days. For the price of a cup of coffee. Cup of coffee. Yeah, I was, I was hoping you'd go there. <laughs> I was trying, yeah. Yeah, so. Um, and then check us out on Gunners of Canada. And I'm taking that out of there. That's a completely useless thing. No one no one checks us out on Gunners of Canada. Oh, there's Are some. They? Yeah, there is some, some right now. We're going to get some hate posts just because we, you said perfect. that. Perfect. Good. We got a couple. Thank you. Awesome. Just saying. All right. Kelly, yeah, Kelly, you do a great job at maintaining our, our gun owners of Canada. Um you mean, the t- more. you mean the totally useless? <laughs> Just yeah. kidding. Yeah, for a government actually, bureaucrat with an arts degree, Kelly, you're not half not, bad. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, likes on Facebook. <laughs> We're up to 2,447. And um, yeah, the counselor thing. Anything else, guys, that I forgot that you'd like okay. to add? All right. Doing a great job. Love no. your shirt. Yeah. Fuck you, too. <laughs> So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.